there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Schmozone podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by OriginMain.com. Some of the best products on the market. I love using the Jocko Discipline Go. That stuff's great. It's better than any of your other alternative energy drinks. It gets you fueled up. Jocko's white tea. He's got his D3, take that vitamin supplement every single morning, keeping us healthy. They got the Cold War. There's zinc in there. All the different supplements are amazing. Give it a try yourself. High quality. And guess what? Made in the U.S. of A. So you know what you're going to get. Go to OriginMain.com. Use the promo code SHMO. Get 15% off. Another sponsor of today's episode is Sheath Underwear, the most comfortable pair of underwear in the world. Their anatomical isolation pouch for the male extremities is revolutionary. They isolate your family jewels for some extra comfort. You have to try these things out right now, 30% off by using the promo code SHMO. It's the holidays. It's only going on for a few more days. Take advantage of this now. You will not be disappointed. Go to sheathunderwear.com, promo code SHMO, 30% off. Don't miss out. And today's show is also brought to you by Egg Weights, the only hand weights in the world to conform to your body's natural motion. You can use these for boxing, for running, for walking, anything for your overall general fitness. They have the half-pound sets, the one-pound sets, the two-pound sets, four-pound sets, five-pound sets. And look, these things even mold into your hands. These little loops go around the rings to your fingers. Help improve that hand speed for shadow boxing. They're amazing. Check them out. Use the promo code SHMO10 to get 10% off at eggweights.com. Let's start the show. Everybody, welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast. This is episode number 47. I'm Dave Schmolenson, aka the Schmo. My co-host is Helene Sports. Welcome back to another episode. I know it is Christmas week. Closing off the year. Yeah, except rather than repping a Christmas sweater, gotta rep one of the sponsors, like you mentioned, Origin Labs. You've been uh, taking the Jocko Fuel, the Discipline. We'll sip on this right now. You've been taking this. I know. This I love it. The Citrus Psycho. Before That's training. What I'm feeling like. Before you're hitting the pool. I mean, it works for you, right? Yeah. Before all the strength training that we've been doing, a lot of strength training, like Metcon style. And then, yeah, swimming right after. This definitely gets my energy going and keeps it up. And for those of you who haven't been following along, uh, Helen's looking jacked these days. Uh, she's uh, getting back in shape, and she's taking this training really seriously. And uh, you'll all be surprised when she makes those Olympic trials a few years from now. 
Yeah, well, I purposely have not been posting much about it or on Instagram, Twitter, like here and there, you know, kind of give a little update on my swimming. But as far as a lot of the strength training, besides my IG story, I kind of just take a photo of, you know, a few gym equipment. But I just, uh, I want to make sure when I do post something, it's, you know, they see the results, you know. Under promise, over deliver. Yes. that That's always how we got to roll, right? That's right. Let the action speak louder than those words. Yeah, even like this podcast, I mean, started this year. And I only talk about some of this stuff in 2020 because the year, obviously, it's ending. One of the few uh, episodes left and just how much we've accomplished this year. A lot we've accomplished this year and a lot to look forward to in 2021. Let's get right into it. Today's guest is Mark Goddard. We have a backstory to bring in one of the best referees in the business. Uh, We just caught up with him actually right after the fight night when Stephen Wonderboy Thompson beat Jeff Neal. We'll get into that. But before his flight, before his flight back to the UK, came in just in town just for this fight. He found someone else before his flight. (laughs) Rob Font. (laughs) Rob Font as well. We'll get into that, but let's just start off with this. Fight Island 3 announced Dana White drops the bombshell on his Twitter. On Instagram, everything has been announced. Those three fights in, what, a week and a half? Amazing lineup. Starting with Calvin Cater, Max Holloway. Then on the 20th, it'll be Hamzat against Leon Edwards, and then the 23rd, of course, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, their rematch at 155. I mean, it's all incredible. What, I, what, I can't wait. It's amazing. I'm excited. That's kind of like an early Christmas present, right, that we're all getting? Indeed. Now, just for you listening and watching, we don't have all the final details now. Uh, we will do our best. Hopefully, we'll be there again. And... Uh, Got, we'll have some fun interviews lined up for sure. Well, speaking of fun interviews, and like I mentioned, 2020 just wrapping up. I do know your alter ego, the Schmo. You have something fun coming up, right? Yes, we have the Schmo Awards lined up, which we will actually announce on the first episode of 2021. So it'll be on that Tuesday. January 5th, is that the yeah, date? that's actually my sister's birthday. Perfect. We'll have the Schmo Awards. We'll be giving out a total of six awards, seven total people. Don't want to give you the criteria just yet, but no. you know it's going to be Schmo, of course. And we will hand deliver these awards to the recipients. It might not happen right away, especially if we go to Fight Island, but I will get on a plane and I will take myself and the schmo to location and we will hand deliver these awards yeah i mean look for you it's like and for me too a motto that i love where there is will there's always a way so you'll find a way to hand deliver everything for sure and i think maybe next week i can get more into what the criteria is but i promise you it's not their traditional awards yeah we can't reveal it all right now it's schmo involved it's it's not a schmo award ceremony by being traditional there's going to be some (laughs) schmo involved yeah i think we all know by now even the fans the listeners that everything you do it's not (laughs) not really traditional not at all but uh speaking of awards 
Ring Magazine, Boxing, yes. they came out with their awards yeah. for Fighter of the Year. Two. Two yeah. of them. Tyson Fury and Teofimo Lopez, both very well deserved. And you said, you were telling me this in the car yesterday when we are coming back from our workout sesh. This is the fifth time in history that Ring Magazine's had co-fighters of yeah. the year for the award. When was the last time prior to this? Ooh. It was like a couple decades I ago, right? I think it was like... Uh, yeah, fifth time in 92 years, according to what I read. And then first time in 35 years. So I love Tio and I love Gypsy King, two people that we both love to interview. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know about you and Tyson Fury <laughs> as much as me. Hey, don't start shit right now. Okay. Sorry. I, I love I love interviewing Tyson Fury, larger than life. But um, do you feel that's appropriate? I, I, I like it. I'm not mad about it. But I can make the argument that Tio Fimo deserves it over Tyson Fury. I see where you're coming from, and I think maybe I'm just trying to think about the other side of the picture, um, just where or how Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder. Maybe that's where people could see it going for Tyson Fury as well. I definitely see what you're saying. What Teofimo did to Lomachenko when so many people, I mean, we're just looking at Loma like one of the greatest boxers, right? And unstoppable. And then what Teofimo did to him. Um, and I mean, it wasn't surprising for us because we, we know him. But anyway, so for Tyson Fury, maybe just his performance overall over Deontay? Well, I look at it from this standpoint. It's I'm not even going to – the quality of opponent for both of them. You're talking about Deontay Wilder and Lomachenko, both quality mm -hmm. of opponents that Fury and Teofimo got the victor over. Uh, that That speaks for itself. But one did this during the pandemic – Training-wise, fight-wise, the other one didn't. Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder without having to deal with the circus of this 2020 year, the beginning of the 2020, which seems like three years ago at this yeah. point by now, before the pandemic really you know, took its course throughout the world. He fought Deontay Wilder. He didn't have the extra baggage here. Teofimo had to do it in the empty stadium. He had to train with True. all the obstacles and everything of that nature. And the aura of Lomacheco not losing... And having all those different belts, not saying one belt's greater than the other, but, you know, Deontay Wilder just had the WBC belt, and you know how there's a million belts sure. in boxing. <laughs> Loma had two or three belts, if you look yeah. at that from that perspective. And Tyson Fury's always been at the top of the food chain. Look, when he, when he beat Klitschko, he took the belts, the lineal heavyweight champion. He's had that aura around him for the past few years. Teofimo, this was his moment. You know, when he beat Komei at the end of uh, last year, this time last year in December, and he got that IBF championship belt, and then Teofimo's got the other belts, he unifies it. He's the young, flashy kid. He's young. He's in his early 20s. I give it to Teo because of all those different other factors. I definitely see where you're coming from, and I can definitely agree with that. But also something else that we were debating after our workout yesterday, our strength workout, we were also talking about, for example, like with the fighters of the year, the boxing fighters of the year versus MMA fighters of the year. Well, UFC fighters of the year, right? Everyone is talking about, for example, the Hamza or is it Kevin Holland? And you mentioned a good point yesterday where you said, how many times have they fought? Exactly. You're taking the words out of my mouth and I like well, that. Well, I, I literally did. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Holland, five times. Davidson Figueredo, four fights. Uh, Hamzat, was it three fights? 
Yeah. But but those are the guys that you're talking about for fighter of the year, at least Davidson and Kevin Holland. Uh, I think it's one of those two guys, um, whoever it is. But they fought four times or five times versus those two boxers that we mentioned, Teofimo and Tyson Fury. They fought once. That just shows you the level of activity we're seeing in the UFC MMA world versus the boxing world. Uh, for fighter of the year and that's what 2020 has brought us so uh thank you ufc thank you dana white i mean that's what i'm saying yeah thank you to the (laughs) ufc yeah and because we just covered the last ufc event of 2020 what a year it's been it's been a crazy year and so let's that's a good segue to just recap what we just did we just saw the last ufc fight night of the year hamzat and leon edwards now moved to january 20th they'll be on that wednesday evening fight card on fight island um, but the new main event that slipped in was Jeff Neal, Stephen Thompson, two of the nicest guys in the world. Stephen Thompson loves you. Stephen Thompson's a great guy. Yeah, he, he said in your guys' interview, was it something, not like it, if you guys teamed up, but what was that thing he Just said? taking over 2021. You know, I said, you know, what 2021 brings over. He's, he's promising that he will be the welterweight champion of the world. And look, he's put himself in position. Hey, who knows? He might be fighting the winner of Leon Edwards and Hamzat Chemaev. Okay. Because, he looked great. Because in there. it depends. Because the one fight that hasn't been announced yet, or it could be announced as we're doing this podcast, it's do we have a date yet for Usman and Gilbert Burns? Not that's been announced yet. But that's going to happen. And I really and firmly believe that Kobe Covington and Masvidal is going to happen. So yes. between that whole mix and then Leon Edwards, Chemayev, and then Wonderboy Thompson, maybe Wonderboy fights the winner of Kobe and Orhe, or he's going to fight the winner of Leon Edwards oh, and Hamza. Actually, Chimaev. you know what? I take that back. Well, it's not official, but there are rumors that they're targeting Usman Burns for UFC 258, February 13th. Excellent. Okay, that would be great. But that's what I'm saying. So now we have such a good, clear picture of what's going on in the welterweight division. And, man, uh, you brought him up earlier, too. Look at the bantamweight division. What's going on here? There's Rob so Font. many moving pieces. Rob Font. Top five now. He's number five. Congrats. And he was at 11 before. But it's so amazing that what activity can do for exactly. you in 2020. And sometimes like taking those risks. Risks. Because didn't he say we spoke to his coach Tyson who has been on this podcast before. But like and I think even Rob may have said in his post-fight interview, just people were telling him, don't take that fight against Marlon Marais, you know, coming back from that injury. But sometimes taking that risk and look what he did. And then boom. Yeah, we were there. He tore up his knee pretty good, I believe. It was at the UFC Fight Night DC card last December. Mm-hmm. We were there when he beat Ricky Simone. Um, and then he had to be inactive, but he was training, he was rehabbing, he was working hard, and the New England cartel, and you mentioned, we've had Kelvin Cater and, and Coach Ty, coach slash manager Tyson <laughs> yeah. Chartier on this podcast, forced to be reckoned with. And Jake, their striking coach. I know, gotta, gotta give, yeah, absolutely. Man, their striking over there looks crisp. They're good. So, forced to be reckoned with, and now look at the position that Calvin Cater's gonna be in. He's the headlining the first fight back in I'm... 2021 against Max Holloway, who many think should still be the UFC featherweight champion. And I think also when they were on our podcast, they mentioned Calvin wanted to fight Max. Yes, indeed. And here we go. And they talked about that for being the ultimate fighter, which still hasn't been announced yet. Who's gonna be coaching the ultimate fighter? And that's 
do think it's Colby versus Jorge. Is that the only reason why it hasn't been announced yet? Because they're trying to finalize that? It should be those two. It really should. Steve-O agrees with me. I asked Steve-O that question, or the Schmo asked Steve-O that question, which, by the way, one of the OG stuntmen in the business, <laughs> yeah. in the game. for The kids that did not grow up watching Jackass, I'm sorry, Go and watch it. Those, exactly. those are amazing. Well, He's, it's the ultimate daredevil. So he was like the daredevil and the prankster. He was a prankster too, right? He was the OG before prankster the before, YouTube days. before the YouTube boys. Now you got like kids like the Nelk boys in there. But Steve-O, the jackass what? guys, Johnny Knoxville. He did some crazy Bam stunts. Margera. Those guys were doing it first. Yeah. They, first. The MTV style. There it is. Um. So this weekend, great fights. Mark Goddard refereed those fights. We caught up with him and Rob Font after those fights the next day. I wanted to save it for this podcast. So it's a Schmo and the Pro interview. that. So I was in character with Mark Goddard, who's, by the way, a fantastic, fantastic guest. Great podcast guest. He would be in studio now for this show, but he had to catch a flight for the UK. So I thought yeah, it'd be worthwhile be. to switch things up to be the Schmo on the podcast, reveal a Schmo in the Pro interview, and what we can do is we can play it, and then we could dissect it. I can give a little behind the scenes, right? Behind the scenes, covering sports through heart and hustle exactly. of what that interview is like or what being the character is like. But he gives some amazing responses, and obviously you interviewed him. That's on yeah. your YouTube channel now. So I want to ask him a little bit uh, different. There were different questions, different types of, of questions. And uh, he's a great interview. It's a good segment. It's a good 12-minute chunk. I think it's well worth it. Uh, Why not play it? Travis, let's play the Mark Goddard interview. This is the schmo with the pro with one of the best referees in the business. Now he's in the flesh. Mark Goddard on U.S. soil in Las Vegas. How we doing? What's up, buddy? I'm good. Yes, it was great to see you. Refereeing for the last UFC fight night, the last fight card of the year, Wonderboy Thompson, Jeff Neal, they collided heads early on. A classic clinic of striking from Wonderboy to get it, man. Does it ever get old for you to be refereeing these great, great fighters? No. Um, it's weird because I actually I actually tweeted about that this morning just saying about, you know, I mean, it's almost like he's too nice to fight, isn't he? I mean, the guy, both of them last night I was saying about, it was just so respectful. It was almost kind of like scripted because this year has been up and down crazy. And then you have a fight like that. You know, it was a savage fight, a five round fight. And they both went after it, but their respect and their sportsmanship, it's off the charts. And it's just, it was refreshing. Very complimentary of each other. During exchanges, too, you get Jeff Neal burping pretty loud there, too. You got Wonderboy laughing about it. Pretty unique circumstances. Yeah, and then, you know, when, like, when, the, when his mouthpiece came out and just, you know, him almost giving him a break, you know, I come in and say, you know, pick it up, puts it back in. He's just, everything about the guy is just absolute class, you know, both of them. And then, obviously, with... Uh, you almost see things like when he lands a good shot, it's almost like, hey, are you okay? He's almost checking in on him. It's 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 refreshing, and, and the sport needs people like that. And um, it was an interesting thing last night with the head clash, yeah, because uh, from, I think it was the first round, if I remember rightly, and yeah, I could see them clearly come together. They both sustained the cut. Um, obviously, uh, Jeffs was in, was in a worse place. It was a bigger cut, more significant. Stevens was in, in the middle of the forehead 
Well, thankfully, I, you know, I've seen it come together and I'll just have to do my thing, you know, just stop, give him a bit of time out because obviously it's an accidental foul. And then I had one eye on the fact that I just, I hope that the, that the fight could have went the distance and it did because obviously we could have been presented with uh, a technical decision um, a situation or a no contest situation. I just wanted to make sure that we would at least get to three finished rounds. So if it did get to a situation where the cut was making it worse, we could have at least went to the scorecards and, and got a winner on the night. But thankfully, it went the distance and what a fight. It all worked out and now you're going back to the UK. We got Fight Island coming up in a few weeks, but let's talk about this year, a unique year. What was the biggest difference from refereeing these big fights without fans that you notice? Because I know you do contender series. The situation's a little different. But the biggest differences from doing fans and no fans in these big fights? Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, I was used to... Uh, it's an experience I've had before from, you know, Ultimate Fighter and TV. Like, uh, in the UK, there's been a couple of TV studio shows, um, contender series, things like that. But obviously, nothing with... You know, like I said before, this year was unprecedented, unscripted. And it's um, doing it without fans. It's more concentrated, if you know what I mean. Because, you you know, you're in, the, you're in the, the arena. You can hear everything. And I mean everything. You know, and uh, every slap of the gloves, every, every shot that lands, you can hear it. You can hear the fighters burp. Even you can hear the fighters breathing. It's just, and then obviously because it's eerily quiet, it just puts you in. I mean, I I don't mind either way. Obviously, I love the fans. The fans they bring a different energy, and and it, and it's incredible. But I, I'm very comfortable with having no fans. I like that. I like that intensity, and and I like that concentration. It's 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 pretty cool and unique. How about the energy from the fighters, especially leading up the fight week? It's different circumstances. They have to quarantine. They're in close quarters. And then when they get inside the cage, do you notice like a level of aggression that adds to the intensity of the moment because of the situation that we're in during this pandemic time? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, obviously, yeah, the, I mean, for, it's a very important, it's a well-made point because, you know, there's no two ways about it that, especially if you've got a hometown fighter, to say that the uh, fighters can feed off the crowd, that's a real thing, you know? If you're in, you know, uh, Brazil or, or the UK or anywhere, you know, and you've got, and when a, a local or, an, or, or a national from that country is getting the upper hand and the crowd surging, it's electric, you know? And, and to say that the fighters will feed off that, um, it, it, it's a huge understatement, I mean, It'd be a good question to ask, the, you know, you're asking me as an official what it's like. Um, but obviously, first and foremost, putting the fighters out there, you know, those guys, I think for most of the guys I've speak, uh, spoken to, they just, they don't care. They just want to fight. Obviously, the fact that the UFC and MMA have kept them busy this year, that's the main thing. But um, I think collectively, everybody, everybody can't wait for the fans to come back. I, I sure as hell do miss them. This year has been great in terms of the experience it's provided and obviously the fact that the UFC have kept this sport running at the highest level all the way through the year, that's unprecedented, you know, and you've got to give the respect and thanks to the bosses that made that happen. But um, I can't wait for the, the crowds to be back for sure.
So we have a little bit of break here. It's the holidays. You're going home to your family. What are you going to do with a couple weeks off? How are you going to celebrate? How are you going to recharge? Because you got a big fight coming up when the year returns. You got a Conor McGregor fight in January. Yeah, there's a big pay-per-view in January. Um, and obviously the events at Fight Island. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to going home. Just just relaxing, um, you know, with 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 the family and the kids. All the usual Christmas things, you know, watching the kids open presents, drink too much, eat too much, and just chill out and relax. Is there ever going to be another Michael Bisbing from the UK? I'm talking about personality, larger than life, and obviously the skills to back it up inside the cage. You know, good point, um, good question, really. You know, obviously, I like Michael. Michael's a... Uh, Obviously, now that he's retired from fighting, we can we can be we can be friends, you know, and we were friends before. But you know, obviously, the he became a UFC world champion, something that a British fighter has never been able to do yet. Um, of course, there will be another British champion. There's got to be. You know, the sport's moving too quick. It's evolving uh, too fast. You'll see just how many champions. Look at Poland, for instance. But, you know, uh, a lot of people don't realise just how deep-rooted and ingrained MMA is as a sport in, in Poland, especially when you look at KSW. They've produced two champions, you know. Uh, the UK have produced one. And looking at the current crop of the youngsters coming through, they're all going to be chasing those dreams. I mean, look at Michael when he, he had one of the longest tenures, one of the longest-serving careers in the UFC, how long it took him to get to that, that moment. He, he almost made it, and then and, the, and then it, it didn't happen. And then obviously the, the time when he won the belt, it was an opportunity. It was circumstance, because obviously the original opponent fell out. Rockhold was there. They made the fight super quick. He stepped in, and the rest is history. And the guy's in the history books, and rightly so. He's a, he's a legend of not just UK MMA, but he's in the history books for me, for, for MMA in general. And I think he's killing it as a, a commentator too. Final message for the Mark Goddard fans out there worldwide. Yeah, I mean, uh, I appreciate all your support. You know, obviously as officials, uh, we're in a certain place at a certain time and, and the interactions are not always the best. Uh, they're not always the most favorable, but we ignore that, you know. It's the, the dog shit analogies I keep on saying. When you're walking through the grass, you look for the nice green parts. And I'm still of a firm belief that the vast majority of MMA fans are just decent, respectful people. And for those people that are out there that, that, that send those messages, I see them all. I may not respond to them all. I see them all, and uh, I'm deeply thankful. I appreciate it. And we're thankful for you. This is the Schmozone podcast, by the way. Okay. I didn't know you had a podcast. We do. Helen and I do. I mean, obviously, I know you're out there in the face of it with all the fighters. I, I know you, with your YouTube channel, etc. But I didn't know you had a podcast. So maybe um, if you're coming over to Fight Island in January, we'll, we'll have a sit down and do something proper. We'll do it proper without the character. And actually, when the world's right, our studio's not far away from here in Las Vegas. We can have you sit down in studio. For sure. Next time, you know, next year when... Obviously, the current circumstance being what they are, probably it's looking like the fights are going to be here for the significant period of the future. And um, I'll be back um, in and out of here. So let's do it.
We'll have to do it, man. We wish there could have been a fight here at Raiders Stadium. You would have refereed it. You would have loved it, man. But eventually it will come. Come on, that's going to happen. That's the, uh, Just going back to what you're saying about it's almost teasing people, you know, when you fly, because I've watched this thing being built over the years, and then you get it to a point where it's ready and it's finished, and then the fucking pandemic gets in the way. You know, I think they would have had a fight in there, but th this is the thing. This is the beauty of the sport. There's so many super fights to look forward to imagine that man when they do a the first time the ufc do an outdoor event in in that stadium pff, goosebumps even thinking about it do you think that that fight could actually happen without a name of a john jones a conor mcgregor or like an israel adesanya not being involved in that main event no it's got to be look it's going to be a, obviously a, a, a mega pay-per-view probably on an international fight week something like that and it's going to need like you said it's going to need a connor a john jones you know uh, obviously john moving up to heavyweight is he's he, he's obviously gunning for the for the heavyweight strap adesanya it's going to take the a-line stars you know obviously title fights probably more than one but if they can headline that with a super fight that's what everybody wants to see and Listen, even if I don't ref the fight, <laughs> I just want to be there just to see it back in a stadium. Because I remember last year with um, I refereed the, the Whitaker and Adesanya with the UFC's attendance crowd in Melbourne. And that was a memory to behold as well. So to think about that coming back, let's do it. We were there, the Marvel Stadium. That set records. And maybe actually, I didn't say this, GSP super fight, Habib, that could do it too. I think... You know, as a, as, as a fan of the sport, I think that's the fight that, that's the fight to make, you know. Obviously, um, John Jones going after the heavyweight, he's going to make his own run at the heavyweight championship and he, he's always a big pay-per-view draw. Obviously, the whole thing about Adesanya moving up and potentially him moving back down to make that fight. There's options, man, and it's, it's a good thing to have options. But yeah, I mean, if GSP fought Khabib, Canal, man. I think the MMA world would implode, and rightly so. Indeed, he's Mark Goddard, the pro, one of the best in the business. I'm the schmo. We're out. One of the most underrated aspects of doing those interviews with Mark, great guy, by the way, is that arm workout, the shoulder workout, because you have your arm extended the whole time. I know you felt it because you interviewed I know him how there, you too. Feel. Yeah, and my interview was about 14 minutes, so... You're right. He's a great guest, though, like you said. We definitely have to have him here in studio, but I'm so glad we made that work. So just the backstory behind that, we found out, what, late that night after yeah. the fights that, hey, our one opportunity to grab them is in the morning, either before they get to the airport or at the airport. So we wake up early, put on that schmo trench coat. We go to the airport. We park at the airport, interview Rob Font at the airport. Then we head straight to the hotel where he's staying, undisclosed location. Exactly. Don't give him everything. And we do the interview, and we show it through our actions, and uh, we made it work. And one hell of an interview, Mark Goddard. I know. Like you said, whether it's in Fight Island, which hopefully we'll see him there again, or here in studio, we definitely have to do like a, quote, official podcast with him. I felt myself during that interview and just rewatching it, too, like, getting out of character a little bit as it drags along because there's so many great questions that I could just pick at him too and there's such a good comfort level because he's such a great guy he's such a passionate yes. fan of the sport very knowledgeable very obviously. knowledgeable 
trustworthy and I could go into it for a long periods of time talking with him. So I could see myself trying to fight the urge and temptations <laughs> to, to go out of character. But what I love about doing the Schmo character, and you know this because we talk about this all the time, and probably some of the early listeners of this podcast from from the early days of doing this show, it just it catches them off balance where I can ask them questions, tough questions sometimes, but uh, specific questions at other times that I know I couldn't do if I'm just doing it in this setting right here and right now because I can get more out of them because their guard exactly. is down. Exactly. But before I ask you a question about the Schmo character, I also want to say a little disclaimer, though, because I know when you do that and you have so many amazing fans, but it's like how you do it, you know, because I notice that maybe other people try to be that way, too, but it just doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? It's like at the end of the day, just stay authentic, be yourself like a lot of people I noticed tried to mimic you or copy the schmo, and it's like, come on, just be you. But it's flattering though, too. But the thing is, to to develop your own style and to to create an identity, you have to take inspiration from other people before you. And I'm not I'm not shy about it. I tell people all the time. Craig Sager meets Rodney Dangerfield, sports first, comedy second. Growing up in the Chicagoland area. Big, big influence from Harry Carey, the legendary broadcaster for my beloved Chicago White Sox and then later my rival Chicago Cubs Um, or vice versa, one of the two. I know he spent time with both. And I I take influence of that and people that were just going out there, doing their own specific style, their own unique approach. They're big, big fans of the game, of entertainment, of, of their craft. And then they just find their own voice and they don't give a shit about what other people think about them. And I kind of come at it the same way. And especially in sports, in this industry, when everything is so bland and so vanilla. And that's why, you know, a lot of these big media companies are in the position that they're in right now because they don't adapt and they are dying. Especially during this pandemic, it definitely has not made it easier for a lot of networks totally and if you learn anything in 2020 it's that you can be a creator you can pick up your own stuff and and figure things out i I shout out this guy all the time completely unrelated to sports there's this guy on youtube uh been messaging with him on instagram a few years younger than us airac this kid had like zero followers on youtube and he's gonna hit a million before 2020 and here's the crazy thing he doesn't buy the followers. They're real. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, he also, puts the work in. Exactly. But my point is like staying true to you because you've told me about that Eric guy. And what I love about you behind the scenes too is how hard you work and continue to study, you know, guys that inspire you um, and to better your craft, which is why, in my opinion, I think you definitely are the best at what you do. But it's like even, you know, whether it's your following the air at guy, it's like be true to you and don't buy followers. Like it's they're real followers that you guys have at its core. And there's zero substitutions to this. It takes hard work, hard yeah. work and passion. If you have hard work and you have passion, 
you will find a way to figure it out. And so many people are looking for shortcuts yes. and are looking for handouts. Yep. Oh, it's too hard. It's too difficult. Or, oh, let me just, I'll pretend but, I'm this. But, but that circles back to these media conglomerates. And I want to get to that. It's where I think the sports industry as a whole, media, yeah, a lot of industries, but I'll speak for sports media. They've gone astray. It's, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's giving jobs to, oh, that's my nephew. That's my neighbor. That's my friend. Oh, he's my son. Get him in. And then you get these people in high profile jobs that haven't put in the work that don't deserve it. They're not the most qualified people for those positions. And they lack authenticity. They lack the skill set. They lack the work ethic. And the audience sees that. Yeah. And sorry to cut you off. Or it's like the ones who are in it, but for the wrong reasons, right? Yeah, to, ch chasing chasing things, you know, oh, I want to see my face on a billboard. I want to see my face. I want to hear my voice. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of that too, ego-driven, when we talk about that as well. But where I think we've had this huge disconnect, especially in this industry, it's not rewarding the people that are most qualified to be there. Like at the end of the day, and I say this to you all the time, it's about opportunity. I just always wanted opportunity to show what I'm worth, to show my value, that I can bring the numbers, I can I can generate an audience, and no one wants to give me the chance and you the yeah. chance but then we created ourselves and then what can they say they got nothing to say it's exactly. crickets and who cares because at the end of the day when you own your own brand and you find your own voice you can't put a price tag on it because your happiness is at a certain level and then when you reach a certain pinnacle point you start calling your own shots and when you could call your own shots then you can make things happen amen to that and being able to like we built everything from the ground up and like something I just addressed, which is even something like followers, right? Like fans built everything, did everything the right way. And it's like, you know, then the numbers, like they are what they are on YouTube or whatnot, because I just sometimes I feel like Twitter or Instagram or fa even maybe Facebook. I don't know. People kept like buy bots and stuff. It's just really weird to me. Yeah. I mean, that's 2020 and, and expanding. Weird. That's the technology yeah. and the world that we live in. But it's amazing, too, because, you know, with these iPhones and with all the technology we have, anybody can be a creator. Anybody I can know. put stuff out there like. When we were growing up, and especially me trying to break in the sports industry, graduating college 2012, it's go go to a traditional network, try to break a, into a top 150 television network. You know, the jack of trades back then is can you shoot? Can you edit? Can you produce? You know, you know, I'm I'm literally looking at things to write out on a teleprompter for people to read while I'm interning in these, those types of positions in a traditional news station, how to set that up and how to just do things in a very old school way, the dinosaurs as we call them, when that's not the jack of all trades. The jack of all trades now is, okay, can you edit? Can you, can yeah. you, can you, can you shoot video from your phone, uh, from you know, a 4K camera that you develop. Can you create content? Can you make graphics? Can you post this on social media? Can you be highly engaged? Can you speak to an audience? And it doesn't matter if there's five people following you, 50 people, uh, 5 million people. As long as you can send a message and you can keep that number, like I said, the bare bones, that five people uh, intrigued and tuned for the next week. I mean, that's how it starts. It's it's funny too because it's like look it doesn't matter if it is five people following you or 
or a hundred thousand people following you, like the approach for me now and the approach from you now is no different than when you were coming up. Exactly. And just, yeah, staying true to you. And I can also relate when you said, uh, you know, just, you just want that opportunity, Yeah, you know, and what were you saying? No, I mean, no, that, that, that's totally it. You just want the opportunity. And that's why, like, for example, here in this pandemic, 2020, it's, we've already established ourselves as, you know, credible journalists here and MMA and boxing, combat sports and other sports, but UFC, the first sport to come back, UFC putting out events every single week, us already establishing that we cover this and building those relationships, it gave us the opportunity to continue to grow yeah. and grind and in 2020 and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. And not only on that sense, but I was going to say even, you know, like with the swimming, it's just I just need an opportunity. But it's okay because, you know, more fuel to the fire. So I'm just feeling extremely motivated, extremely focused. And I have for a few weeks. And I think that's why, you know, just keeping everything under wraps. But I, I'm definitely like on one <laughs> she's on one um transitioning though too yeah. um some more news that is potentially going to happen who knows if it will happen but last week's guest was bj flores professional boxer didn't you didn't you get some uh not flack but like some people were wondering about the guest choice the guest choice is that is that i mean you read the comments more than me is I that know. what people are saying people are saying why why this guy why give it credit i mean like yeah look, but BJ was a boxer. BJ fought for world titles. Yeah. BJ was, and he's an analyst of this sport. I mean, these networks the that Olympics. we're trashing here, the, the ones that put that get the television rights to put the events on their stations, they hire this guy to be the analyst yeah. for them. Uh, he's legit, and he coached this kid. He's the one who made the conscious choice, and who else is going out and grabbing him in person to talk to him about this? We did develop that relationship. Uh, but the interesting notes I, I threw at him about it were like, why why are you calling out these people? Why are you calling out the MMA fighters? Is he ready for this? Are you serious about Conor McGregor? Has he gone too far? And now reports today announced that uh, Ben Askren in March, in full disclosure. I'm not I, sure if they're real reports. Yeah, who knows if they're real reports? I know they wanted Dylan Dennis. Probably something like in March. Wait, so, yeah, what is that? Are, are you allowed to talk about that? Like, was there something that really happened behind the scenes between him and Dylan Danis about to fight or something? I know they want to fight. Inevitably, I think they will fight. Who kn I haven't seen contracts. I haven't seen anything at all. I just think it's been all talk. But my big thing that I pointed out last week that I think is overlooked is I think Jake is trying to one-up his brother because he's on top of the world. True. He knocks out Nate Robinson. Everyone's talking about him for three, four days, right? Wait, he's on Mike Tyson's yeah. undercard. When I say everyone, these YouTubers in their YouTuber world, maybe not in our UFC space, are talking about him. And then his brother gets to fight the greatest defensive fighter, maybe the greatest That's fighter of all That's crazy how that happened. Because I, I remember like... Fighter as in boxer, by well, the way. The greatest boxer of all time. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. But, for example, like, when I broke the news of Mayweather-McGregor throughout, like, it was, so Floyd Sr. told me that May of 2016, and then it didn't really even get put together. Like, people kept trying to deny it for a while, even though in my mind, and I felt kind of dumb at first, like, oh my gosh, I tweeted this, but his dad told me he was coming out to fight 
MMA fighter and I asked if it was Conor McGregor. He said, yeah. And it took about a year, a little over a year, and many interviews trying to figure out, like, talk to uh, his uncle, talk to everybody, figure out, like, okay, is Floyd going to fight Conor? But my point is, it took a while of, like, buildup of trying to dig and get stuff to see, is this fight going to be made? But then this Logan Paul thing, I'm like, how did it happen so quick, right? It's like, it's crazy. Well, they, they had been talking about this for like six months. And you know, yeah, I- Yeah, but I've, that's so like, Yeah, well, quick. six, eight months. And, and they, they pulled the strings behind, the, you know, the management manager side, pulling strings behind the scenes, reaching out to him, you know, getting onto his, um, his live chats and calling him out mm. that way. At the end of the day, from a number standpoint, he's got the following to make it happen. Well, and yeah. it's going to bring the payday. And guess what? It might not be traditional fight fans that even click to buy it. Like, I don't know if we're going to buy it. I have no clue. <laughs> I'm not thinking that far ahead, nor thinking about that in well, general. I'm thinking more of these UFC fights then, and Fight Island. But yeah, what I'm thinking course. is that, hey, they're going to make the money. They will make the well, money. Well, definitely. And then what also make the money that you've even brought up to Jake before or even BJ last week, even as the Shmo when you interviewed him, was Jake versus Logan, right? Oh, yeah. And 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 that, but that would happen. <laughs> that would happen. That could happen uh, after these fights are made, like yeah. after the Floyds, after the Dylan Danises, if, if Conor McGregor ever what happened i i don't know who cares yeah but uh they got everybody talking about them and that was their objective even us and even us <laughs> and we just we just threw another something else i need to talk about just because like i mentioned not only is this weekend christmas but the 26th so the fighters only awards it's gonna be announced this weekend of course i voted for you right uh I also voted for, you know, all the other categories, but just want to give congrats to David, the schmo. I'm very proud of you. You know, you literally like not trying to take Kevin Holland's uh, IG handle, but you trailblazed your way to what you've built, what you've created. And, you know, like I've seen firsthand behind the scenes, you're constantly striving on how to get better how to improve even though i mean a lot of people see you as already up here and you've achieved a lot so uh regardless of the award show you know i just want to congrats again on your nomination for personality of the year and being you know in that category with other grades and like someone you look up to joe rogan yeah, I, I'm just flattered that they even nominated me in that pool. Just to be alongside with John Anik, Big yes. John McCarthy, Chael Sonnen, Joe Rogan. Amazing. Schmo Rogan. <laughs> uh, interviewed everyone there except for one, Joe Rogan. Just to be in that conversation, Chael Sonnen, it's it's such a high honor. I am, And I am so blessed. Do I expect to win this thing? Absolutely <laughs> not. Do I care if I win this thing? Absolutely not. I'm just humble to even be in the conversation with these legends and hopefully it could lead to a Joe Rogan interview one day. I mean, if that, if there's any silver lining out of this, <laughs> it's, it's, it's to that, Yes. but, uh, you know, we'll watch it. We'll support it. And I remember covering that red carpet with you yeah. right after I had that next neck. So, I know. So my first exposure to it was that in 2019, really, I got to cover the red carpet, which you had been covering for a few years. Mm -hmm. I covered it with you that morning. I had that procedure. I had a cyst removed from my neck. So I am jacked up on painkillers. 
years, and I did have the best interviews that I day. I know. I can't believe <laughs> that. Yeah, even looking back, you did have so many great interviews that day. And to think that a year later, well, it's been more than a year because it was supposed to be this summer, that True. I would be the one invited. I would have been walking down the Nominated, red carpet yeah. and, uh, just to be at the award show. It's... Again, the, the praise, the honor, just from the fans voting, from the, the colleagues, the other media members that cover this sport, uh, I'm very supportive and appreciative of of everything, and thank you. And I know maybe a lot of the fans may not know all the hard work that was put in for the many, many years, but this is still you know, just the beginning and 2021, right around the corner. I know we have a lot of exciting things planned, which... We won't disclose yet. Yeah, but. <laughs> uh, but also a video to take note of. It's going to be dropped on the, my YouTube channel very shortly. It's best moments of 2020 every year. Like last year, I'm like, how am I going to top 2019? I think this year, 2020, even through the muck, and there is a lot of muck this year oh, to yeah. swim through, to fight through. I think this video tops last year's video, and I can't wait to release it. Stay tuned. It'll probably be two days from now, net tomorrow Christmas maybe. Christmas Eve. Maybe Christmas, maybe after Christmas. I'm so excited. I, I'm the goal was to to do this to release this after Christmas, but I finished this early because your sister and nephew are staying with us. I finished this Sunday night. I was too excited um, to to not edit this and put this together. Um, I, I might drop it sooner than later, but I, just stay it's tuned. It's great. You definitely don't want to miss it. And I'm not just saying that. It's like last year's video was great, but this year definitely tops it. Very entertaining. So many memorable. Moments this year. So many great moments. Top moments of 2020. Um, so many to have. So there will be some stuff that's left out, but it's that, hard to. Like, that's because choose. it's the flow of the video. I like to because well, I and you do all the editing. I cut. I, I edit all of, all of my videos, right? So all of the interview videos. I work yeah. with some talented people uh, where we collaborate on some maybe the schmo versus the pro, the vlogs, those uh, action videos, which we'll have more of in 2021. Stay tuned for that. Um, but those types of interviews, editing, editing those videos, oh, so much fun. So much fun. You, what you do is very clever. I will just say that. And, and, and that's the one thing, too, for all those listeners and watchers out there, too. It's what was a big changing point for me to get over the hump uh, still before people really knew who I was and was paying attention to this brand and, and building the character, was teaching myself how to edit. For so many years, trying to break in as a traditional sportscaster, like I, I was so reluctant to learn how to edit. No, I'm just this behind-the-camera guy and all that. No, you're not. Or a you got to be everybody. Yeah, but also, and this is from just even where I've worked too, a lot of people just want to be the talent. Like, they just want to... But you and I can both relate on this where, like, I've been a cameraman, like, I... Or camera woman, whatever. Editor, writer, producer, you know, just literally behind the scenes. And as you know this better than most, you don't really know what you're good at until you actually do it. And you found that out too. And you find... Not And you found out that you like producing content, too, of by course. actually producing the content. Yes. And even writing and, yeah, editing. Like, just there's so much more than just, oh, I want to be the talent because I want to see, you know. So there's always light at the end of the tunnel and there's always hope to evolve. And that's what's so exciting, too, about this time right now. What a time to be alive is that. 
you can literally start anything, create anything. And the key ingredients, which we talked about earlier, the third one, and I'll just say it because, hey, everything comes in three, consistency. Not the first time you've heard this from me. Yeah. So what would that be? It would be hard work. It would be passion and consistency. Yeah. What about authenticity? Of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean, that someone, speaks for oh, itself. I just I mean, want to be the like the schmo. But, but the, I thing is, be... the thing is you can't teach authenticity. You can't yeah. fake it. You either you either are real or you're not. And I, people will see right through it. And yeah. there's certain things in life that speaks for itself, that speak for itself, and that is one of them. Full transparency. I agree. <laughs> That's all I'll say on camera. On camera, that's that's a pretty good uh, podcast right there that we just yeah, we just had. That's just a good recap of everything, keeping it real. Um, final thoughts as we wrap this thing up that you want to get out there because we're gonna have only one more show left of 2020. I know, just like what I've said before or last week too. Just thank you for all the continued support for all the listeners. Uh, the viewers, the fans, uh, even those who have purchased Schmozone t-shirts, which we still have for sale, as well as Schmozone masks, because masks in 2021, I mean, it might yes. be mandatory. Oh, and by too. the way, everyone giving me crap because I brought the Schmo masks to the, the interviews at the Apex. Look, the UFC asks the Schmo and Helen to wear protection to do these interviews with these fighters. We follow the rules. At, uh, at weigh-ins, we follow the rules. We wear it. So have some sort of face shield, which are for sale, and the Schmozone t-shirts, yes. the Schmo masks at theschmozone.com. Still have some merch left. Yeah, it makes a great Christmas, Christmas gift. Christmas gift. We'll still personalize some of those cards, too, when you purchase it. Yeah. You tag us. We'll repost it on our social media. I know it's not a lot, but it's the least we can do. Help support two creators, right? Exactly. So uh, thank you guys again. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Can't believe it's already almost closing out 2020. What a year it's been. But this podcast is definitely the best thing that's come from it. I've said it before. This podcast, the best thing of 2020, best thing we've done. And I'm glad we're doing it together. And can't wait for 2021. Episode number 47 of the Schmozone podcast. We are out.